Hi there, I'm Casey Smith and you're listening to Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast. On the show this week, we're talking all things Welsh Rugby League with Andy Millsdale, who's the CEO of North Wales Crusaders. Wales is a country with a massive rugby tradition, while it's mainly with union. To say rugby league does not have a rich history in the country would be playing wrong. Some of the game's biggest players came from Wales. For example, Billy Boston, Clive Sullivan, Roy Francis, to name a few. So I asked Andy, why have we not seen a strong rugby league presence in Wales? But before I get into that, the North Wales Crusaders got the first win of the season after they dispatched of London Scholars 44 points to 24 with new signing Patrick Arvin scoring a hat-trick to earn North Wales, the two points. So I began asking Andy Millsdale how the capture of former NRL and Super League winger Patrick Arvin came about. Well, Pat's obviously played with us before. Yeah. Um, uh, on loan, but we had a partnership with Witness. Um, and he's obviously been playing in France. And the season got, got cut short due to COVID in France. Um, so, so we had a conversation with Pat about, you know, he, he was still very keen to play. Um, you know, his his situation regarding where he's working at the minute, and uh, you know what what how we work in terms of being part time sort of suited him. So, um, yeah, he was a uh, Pat's a great bloke, and he just wants to play rugby. So, you know, it, it weren't a question of you know, money or anything, it was just a question of he enjoyed being with us in the past and, you know, he wanted to carry on playing rugby. Uh, and what's he going to add to the squad? Uh, well, hopefully a lot of tries because he's got, a, <laughs> you know, he's got a fantastic try scoring record wherever he's played. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll obviously add a lot of experience because he's played in the NRL, he's played in Super League, he's played with some fantastic players and under some great coaches. Um, yeah. I think more importantly, Pat will just fit into what what we're about in terms of the group of players, you know, although he has played at a high level and he's got good experience, he's, he's a pretty level-headed and down-to-earth guy, as I'm sure whoever you speak to about Pat will say the same. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll add a lot of quality experience, but, you know, he, he just fits into the group as well. Yeah, and we've we seen with uh, the other Welsh club, uh, West Wales, you know, they've captured a bit of coverage, you know, with Rangi Chase and Gavin Henson. Is that, yeah. uh, you know, you've got a big signing as well now, so that's going to generate more interest in it, you know, is that something behind the signing too? Uh, not really, to be fair. I mean, we, I mean, obviously it helps that Pat's got, a, you know, a, a big name, but we're more about recruiting players that we think are going to are gonna add to us. Um, we're not about, you know, just going and signing someone for the sake of it just because, you know, it makes headlines. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we want to bring someone in who's going to actually, you know, do well for us on the pitch as well. And, it, it, you know, if, if it so happens that, you know, it brings a bit of publicity, that, that, you know, and, you know, and spreads the game for, for us and Wales, we believe, and that's great. But I think, first and foremost, they've got to, they've got to add to us. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that, first and foremost, you know, it's about what they do on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, then, what is the club's aims for this year? Well, I think we, you know, we've got we've got a strong team. Um, you know, and I'd be like, you know, we, 
maybe two or three teams teams objections are to you know try and win the league uh, but I think everyone else in the league if you spoke to them the, the objective is to get in the playoffs it's going to be a tough league because everyone's recruited well um, you know if you look at I think it's the strongest league, league one has ever been in my opinion um, so yeah our objective is, is to get in the playoffs and then, and then see what happens from there and looking longer term what's like the five year plan well obviously we're, this is the, you know we're, we're in a we're in a relatively healthy state now compared to what we have been um, you know in, in, in previous years um, five year plan we're, we're obviously working very close to Wales Rugby League the last sort of 12 months to try and grow the game um, which is which is really helpful for us because I think before that you know, there was there wasn't much coming from Wales Rugby League. Um, Gareth Keir's obviously come in as CEO of Wales Rugby League, and um, you know he's, he's been brilliant, uh, especially in the North Wales. I would I would think that South Wales and West Wales would would think the same. But you know, it's been good for us. So our aim is to is to work with Wales Rugby League, go the game. Um, obviously, a lot depends on you know as well well documented at the end of the year that you know there may there may be some changes in in the game outside Super League with um, you know the Sky contract being up and how that will affect things you know but we're just concentrating on what we can sort of do do this year and then you know hopefully if we have some success or you know and build uh, you know and build on that. Uh, so when you've obviously come into the CEO role, um, how have you basically turned the tide? financially stable now but uh, has the pandemic set you back in any way or what's the deal with well, that? I, 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 look, I think we're along with you know most other teams at our, at our level but it's not been it's not been ideal because ultimately yeah. we've not been able to play games but um, you know there's been there's been um, you know things made available to us that make sure you know we'll be okay and you know we were okay last year we'll, we'll be you know we'll we're on a solid footing going into this year, um, so yeah, we, you know we've not been affected too much by COVID. Although, like I said, I'll, I'll be lying if I think if you speak to every club in in rugby league, it's not been it's been far from ideal the last twelve months. Yeah, um, 
how did your role come about? Because obviously you was a player, but you know, and you became, I think, general manager it was, and then into CEO. Uh, so how did that role come about, and what is it like being a CEO compared to a player? Well, basically, I, I sort of, I sort of was retiring around the time where there was a bit of issues off the field the club. Yeah, because uh, I've been associated with the club and captain the club for a, uh, a number of years. You know, I, I wanted to try and help. Uh, so initially, it was just about you know being the bridge between uh, the players and, and maybe the board at the time, and I managed to bring some sponsorship in. Um, and then when I stopped playing, you know, I, I just got more more and more involved um, to the point where, obviously, like you say, now. The board asked me to take over running the running of the club, and it, you know it's something that I enjoy. Um, people ask me sometimes, do I miss miss playing? I, I, I do miss playing sometimes, but maybe not as much as other people because I still have that connection with with the club as well and the, and the boys. Um, but yeah, it's something I, I enjoy. Um, can be stressful at times, but I, I, I think having um, you know the experience from being a player and knowing what ways and cultures are about, and uh, you know I've worked in in business alongside that when I was a part-time player. So them two sort of things have helped, have helped me sort of progress in this role. And in terms of Welsh rugby league as a whole, how do you grow the game and get more interested in Wales rugby league? Well, I think like I touched on before about Wales rugby league, I think it's important that they've they've sort of noticed that there wasn't enough work being done by the governing body in North Wales and that, that's been rectified now so uh, over the period of COVID we've actually started uh, another four soon to be five local uh, amateur teams in the area so I think that's that's a really important um, sort of step to you know getting getting in touch with the community and getting uh, getting rugby league out there and getting kids and, and adults playing rugby league um, so I think that's step number one, to be honest, and then engaging with the sort of wider community. I think you know there, there is an interest, there's a massive interest in rugby in Wales. You know, albeit I don't know the rugby union. You know, what we're trying to work to at the minute is you know the ultimately the, the codes playing different times of the year. We've obviously union still being a winter sport, so um, you know we're, we're trying to we're trying to work with with them with the union clubs uh, to grow the community game and I, I think while it might take you know a few years to get to, to get where we want to be uh, in conjunction with Wales Rugby League we're, we're sort of on the right path Yeah and in terms of uh, Welsh Rugby League to me you know it seems to grow the game it seems to be the perfect place you know it's the, it's the country's got such a big rugby uh, tradition maybe more with union but you know some of some of this sport's biggest players you know have been Welsh uh, Billy Boston C- Clive Sullivan it, it seems mad how that's not been like tapped into already you know what I mean yeah I agree I mean even when I first started following rugby league in the mid 90s say or early 90s if you look you know I was a Warrington fan if you look at uh, you know they had Jonathan Davis Alan Bateman great players Kevin Ellis um, you know and then even into the late 90s uh, my old coach, Clive Griffiths, you know, were wonders with in one of the World Cups, was it the 99 or the 95 World Cup when they got to the semi-final? With, obviously, they had Lee Brears, Kieran Cunningham, 
know, so you're talking, you know, really, really well-established world-class players that have come um, come through the world set-up in the last sort of 20 years, uh, 25 years. Um, so you're definitely right, that needs to be tapped into and made more of. Uh, and to be fair, I think I think Gareth, he's sort of, he's hopefully doing that now. Yeah. Um, so it, you, with the partnership with Rails Rugby League, you, you're building more community clubs. You say yep. there's five. Uh, is that spread across uh, Wales or is that just in North Wales? So that's just what we're trying to obviously focus on with teams close to us. That's North Wales. I mean, there's, there's, there's teams in South Wales and West Wales uh, that have been established for uh, oh. some time. But... Um, you know, we're just trying to kickstart the game again in North Wales uh, with teams in uh, in Wrexham, uh, Prestatyn and Rill, Conway, uh, Bangor, and a team in Fluncher as well. So we're trying to get right across the uh, you know the area of North Wales to kickstart the community game. Yeah, and in terms of looking for players as well. Is is union an aspect to go to? You know, some may not make it at you know the academies, and then they might decide to try their hand at you know rugby league instead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, with the community game, we we have an Origin team, uh, a North Wales Origin team that competes against the other regions in Wales, uh, and I think that's one thing that you know that we can offer. You know, for lads that fall out of the the Welsh rugby union setup is. You know, they're obviously going to be elite players of some sort, and that, you know it's, it's giving them the opportunity to you sort of try the hand, like you said, at another sport and, and, and tap into that market. Because um, you know, I suppose that on a lesser scale, it's like the you know the players that don't make uh, the NFL in in America. There's a lot of players that are turned away, that are potentially walking away from the sport, and you know that, that's sort of where Wales Rugby League are trying to tap into that market and, and help grow the game. Now then, we'll start with last week's action. Super League took a break because it was the Challenge Cup quarter-finals. And now uh, in the semi-finals it'll be Castleford v Warrington and Hull FC v St Helens. And let's talk about Warrington because they overcame Catalans by 16 points to 6. For me, Catalan Dragons, uh, they just couldn't get anywhere near the Warrington try-line. You know, so many handling errors. They, they were constant, really, and... It was replicated across the whole weekend, actually. There were so many errors, and you know, in every single game. The best thing about Catalan Dragons is the fact that they play a free-flowing game and they pass the ball about. But that can also be the, the worst thing about the game, you know, when they're, not, um, when they're not doing it right, you know, the ball's going all over the place and they're dropping the ball and... It, it was as if the Catalan players' hands were like like covered in butter, you know. And yeah, it's so error prone, and they just they just didn't give themselves a chance. And for for Warrington, I think Josh Fulis did well, and another young player for Warrington who seems like they've got a big future. And for Warrington, it's they they've beaten Catalans twice in quick succession now, and that used to be a bogey team, so. Have they turned a corner? Time will tell. Hull FC beat Wigan 20 points to 10. And uh, Hull's new coach, Brett Hodgson, he's really made them solid in defence. They put in a heck of an effort against Wigan. 
But for me, Wigan, they were nowhere near the best. It was, you know, I've talked about Catalan's error as well. For Wigan, it was error after error after error after error. And can we speak about Zach Hardacre? Because, you know, he's been one of the best players in the league this year. You know, knocking on the door for an England spot, full-back position. He can play other positions, but he wants to be full-back. Well, I hope he improves his goal-kicking. How many times this season, even when he's been playing well, has Zach Hardacre missed that goal? Too, too many times, you know. There's far better kickers in the game than Zach Hardacre, and a lot of knock-ons as well in that game. And of course it was an off game for him, but it exposed all his downfalls and he didn't look good for me anyway. I really hope he hit the kicker for England. And what about John Bateman? Has he been performing, you know, the same way that he was in, in the NRL? Perhaps not. And it's a young Wigan side and it kind of showed, you know, that do Wigan do enough in the bigger games? Do they perform? Time will tell again, you know, as the season goes on. Saints also overcame Huddersfield, 23 points to 18. And it's another side who are really running St. Helens close. How many teams now have Saints allowed a chance in the game that they perhaps shouldn't have had? You know, it's another second half performance that gives them the win. But have St. Helens been convincing for a full 80 minutes the whole season? It, apart from the first fixture against OKR, I don't think they have. So Ian Watson must take heart from that because they weren't far away. But for St Helens, they may well be in for a shock, you know, when they play some of the more informed teams in the league. Some of the more, you know, some of the Wiggins, the Warrington, think they might be in for a shock. Especially if they're not putting points on the board, which they aren't. And the final Challenge Cup game, it was Castleford who needed a Gareth O'Brien drop goal to overcome Salford. And it ended 19 points to 18. Another close game. Uh, and it was from the minute one, really, to the final outer. You know, it went to Golden Point. Salford, they seem to finally be clicking with their new coach now. They really ran Castleford close. And, you know, when you consider the players that Castleford have... For example, Niall Evans, who they took from Salford, uh, Jake Truman, Paul McShane, you know, last year's Man of Steel. You know, when you consider that the, the the two sides, Salford did extremely well, and they could have won it. They'll be ruined the fact that they didn't take advantage when Castleford went down to 11 men. But for, for Castleford, you know, that makes it even the more better that they have got through to the next round. And they'll be wondering why they allowed it to go to Golden Point. Because I think, if I can remember rightly, they had a great chance for a, a drop goal attempt, which would have made it a two-score advantage, and they would have won in normal time. But the game management just leaves somewhat to be desired. They can work on that, obviously. That's easily rectifiable. And what about Kevin Brown, who was apparently held up? Because from the replays that they kept showing... The ball looked like it was on the floor over the dry line. The video ref, he immediately discounted it. He, he, he even saw it and said, right, we can, we can, we know for a fact that that's uh, held up, so we don't even need to look at that. What? Do, do we not? 
Well, it looked down to me. So what, what was all that about? Either way, Castleford win. It won't be overturned, will it? And another game that wasn't without its errors. Salford making quite a lot, especially in the first half. They seem to stop doing that towards the end of the game, but that's no use, is it? You know, if if maybe they get a few decisions from the referee to stop a few errors, and they would have won that game. That was that for the Challenge Cup, so well, let's get into the Championship. Sunday saw a massive scoreline in the favour of Toulouse. It was 70 points to nil. They demolished Widness. Something is not quite right there, is there? You know, for, for Widness, how many capitulations now? And it's only five games in. I think that for Widness, that's a, a record uh, margin of defeat now. Yeah, um, they lost to Catalans in 2012, 76 points to six, so match that defeat in terms of the, 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 mar- the margin. In the league, it's 180 points conceded. That's 36 on average every single game. And let's not forget, Widnes actually have won a game this year. So, And I think they only conceded 10 on that occasion. So you can bump that average right up when you're just looking at the losses. And when they beat uh, Swinton, I think it was 46 to 10. You think, OK, they're going to turn a corner and... Clearly not. I get that Toulouse are full-time and they're a top side, but clearly something is going horribly wrong at Witness. Whether it's the coach or I don't know what it is, but someone will know. So people know what's going on at Witness and it needs to be rectified otherwise. They're staring at League One. And they was in Super League, you know, only a couple of years ago. And look at the next fixture, it's York. So, Jesus, what is that score going to be? Also, Batley, they continued their good form. Uh, they beat Sheffield 30 points to 18. Batley now, they're up to third. It's just one loss out of five, and that was against Featherston, and they've won every single game. I said uh, earlier in an earlier podcast that Batley could be the dark horses this year in the championship uh, although maybe we shouldn't get too excited just yet because you look at the wins they've come against Oldham who you'd expect to be lower down Widness, well we know what's going on well we don't know what's going on but we've seen the results Newcastle, new newly promoted side and now they've beaten Sheffield so you'd probably expect those wins Maybe not the chef. You know, you Sheffield could have won that game, so you know that's really the first test, I think. But let's see how they go against York, Bradford, Toulouse, London, before you know we start saying they're going to be the wherever they are. For Sheffield, disappointing, but even with that loss, I think it's a good start because the fifth place now and remember this year I found out not long, not so long ago there's an extra place so it's actually top six who all have a chance of Super League Rugby I think it was just the top five in 2019 obviously there weren't a competition in 2020 so they have every chance if they just keep going you know they prob- they're not going to win every game but if they win more 
than not, then the chances are top six is realistic. Featherstone beat York 16 points to 12, another close run game all the way through. Craig Hall got the try for Featherstone in, in the dying embers. I think York were looking for a drop goal, but it was charged down by Dangerism and then Ryan Hall collected it and ran it into score. As I said earlier, Featherstone, they've won every single game now and they're looking dead certs for playoffs next year. Uh, this year, what am I talking about? <laughs> they might even be in Super League next year, never mind. For York, it's been a mixed bag for them. You know, work to do. Next one's witness, and then after that is Oldham. So, it's got to be four points from them too, surely. Also in the Championship, Halifax nilled Dewsbury, winning 36-0. London hit the 50-point mark, but they also conceded 30 to Newcastle. Swinson, they very nearly fought back against Bradford. It ended 23-22 to Bradford. In the last 10 minutes, though, the Bulls had a free-score advantage. So, you know, a John Keir will not be happy with how Swinton were allowed back in the game. I think earlier on in the game, Bradford actually had three tries disallowed as well, so... A lot of missed opportunities and Swinton got very, very close. League One also returned and it was a good day for the Cumbria sides because Workington beat Hunslet 28 points to 16 and Barrow scored 38 to Coventry's 20. Keithley topped the table on points difference. They, they won convincingly beating Doncaster 44 points to 18 and Rochdale Hornets beat West Wales Raiders 40 points to 16. And as I mentioned earlier, North Wales won 44 points to London Scholars 24. Looking ahead to next week, my pick of the ties. We're not counting the, the Monday's fixtures, we'll look at that next Monday. Because that's when, when fans are back in. Um, pick of the ties, Batley play full-time London. Batley's first real test, I think. What are they going to show up if they win? then they are looking like a top side. If they lose, then, you know, it's still all up in the air. Wakefield are playing Leeds. Is it going to be Wakefield's first win? We've seen Leeds struggling on, in, well, from from the first game, really. They've had players out. Uh, the the normal players not really performing, so... And Wakefield have steadily been, you know, getting back to where they should be. So... Wakefield, are they going to win? Who knows? We'll find out. West Wales also, they're playing Coventry. Now, West Wales Raiders lost 40 points to 16, as I just said. But they pretty much matched Rochdale, especially in the first 40 minutes. Rochdale Hornets won't be happy that it was only 40, 40 points to 16 because, you know, Rochdale, last year they were championship. Well, I say last year. We we mean twenty nineteen, and and we we all know about West Wales. They've been the whipping boys, you know, for the for for the last few years. Games such as eighty nil and hundred, hundred plus defeats were not uncommon for West Wales. And Hornets are tipped to go straight back up, so Rochdale won't be happy that it was only forty points to sixteen. So, with that in mind, then, are West Wales getting better or was it a sloppy performance? Well, we'll probably find out a bit more because, you know, Coventry Bears, they're not 
on paper, they're not as good a side as Rochdale Hornets. So th- this is going to be telling us whether West Wales can be competitive this year in League One, because so far they've they've struggled to be. But that's it for this week. Uh, next week on the show, I'll be joined by Sheffield Eagles coach Mark Aston to discuss his side start to the season. Also, we'll be talking about the new Super League TV deal, what it means for the championship, will any money be trickled down to the lower leagues, and all the latest on the developments at the Olympic Legacy Park. So do join me for that one. It'll be a great listen. See you next Monday. 